What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 36. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Jason Rotitas, Anthony Sanfilippo. Flyers will be back late, late Thursday night. San Jose, 10.30 puck drop. I want to ask Anthony Sanfilippo if he agrees with my stance that East Coast teams should never play at 10.30 at night. 10 o'clock's fine. 10.30, that half hour, ridiculous. Anyway, let me tell you about Bet Parks. We'll get to uh, Anthony in just a second from Crossing Broad, Crossing Broadcast, and Snow the Goalie in just a second. But uh, let me tell you about Bet Parks. It's a fantastic time of year as the hockey returns. You want to get your action in on it. Same game parlays, live in game betting, futures, props, parlays, player performances, you name it. You can do it on hockey. You have a college and pro football bowls and uh, the pending uh, pro playoffs in the National Football League. Also, Obviously, you've got futures in baseball. You can bet college and pro hoops. You name it in the world of sport and more, and you can get a gamble. Uh, you can get a wager in on it. So check out the Bet Parks app. It is fantastic, easy to use, easy to navigate, faster to win than ever before. And new and existing users right now, perhaps you haven't picked it up in a while. Now's a great time to do so because uh, new and existing users can get a free risk-free bet up to $750 by using the promo code JASON750, Jason750, for new and existing users. That'll get your risk-free bet up to $750. Put that promo code in. Terms and conditions do apply. And download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also check out Conquerville Subaru. you got a couple days left going on until January 3rd. It's the Conquerville Share the Love or Subaru Share the Love event. It happens all the way up until January 3rd. And this is where Subaru is going to donate $250 for every new car sold to one of five charities. And you get to choose. Either ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, Nations Parks, or Conquerville Subaru's hometown charity, which is the Namor's Children's Hospital, Delaware. All great choices. Uh, December, great time to visit the beautiful showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Check out the certified pre-owned inventory and a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. Also, check out uh, the service department where you get a free car wash with every visit. Do yourself a favor. Check out ConquervilleSubaru.com. Visit the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember that Concordville cares. All right, let's get to him right now. You hear him on Snow the Goalie. You see him on Snow the Goalie, too, and Crossing Broadcast. You read him on Crossing Broad, and he joins us right now on episode 36 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. It is Anthony Sanfilippo. What's going on, Ant? Have a good holiday? Yeah, great holiday, Jay. How about you and your family? Sounds like you got a new Yeti for the holiday. <laughs> yeah, I did, man. I did. I got a new got a new one. The old one was starting to uh, zots out a little bit on me. I was getting frustrated with the cord connection, and this one is significantly better so yeah it was a nice uh, nice upgrade yeah that's, that's a beautiful thing it's no one you know you're podcasting quite a bit when you got to go to a a new microphone you've worn yeah. it out <laughs> that's how that's how much i've talked in it for the last yeah. two years right and i gotta uh, get a new one after two years but hey yeah two years if, if, if you have to buy one every two years i guess it's not a bad thing yeah that's not a bad deal at all um l- let me ask you a question because you're a guy that's been covering this game this team for a very long time and there's rhythms to, um, you know, going up and going down and kind of all of those things. Where do you see this thing going with Kevin Hayes over the next remainder of this season? Let's, let's go actually to the deadline, which is like 60-some days. That's crazy. I, I don't know where it goes because if you know, we've talked about this before. Like, we, we both saw a path. It was a narrow path, but we saw a path for them to get him to be an attractive trade deadline target, right? I mean, we we saw that earlier in the season. And then it's funny. It's like it all started to, you know, hit the fan when 
or soon after Bettman said, well, we might not have that salary cap increase next year. Yeah. And that's when it this seemed to kind of like become worse between, you know, Torts and, and Hayes. Um, can they still get them there? I, I think they can. And, and it, you know, they, look, the, the general managers would know better than than we do. Um Though at least they would know sooner than we do uh, whether or not there is actually going to be a, a, a cap increase next year, right? So I would like to think that the teams would probably have probably told the league we need to know, even if it's just internally, we need to know yeah. by the trade deadline. Start planning, <laughs> right? I mean, you can't you can't just willy nilly it, right? So they have to know. So if in fact they can get to a point where there is a cap increase of say three four million dollars for next year. And the Flyers look at it and say, okay, what's the difference between a buyout in the offseason and trading him and eating 30, 40% of the salary, say, now at the deadline and say, is there is there more value in one over the other? I think there's still more value in trading the contract than buying it out because it's a shorter, shorter term, even though um, those last couple of years the, the cap hit is really marginal, but you still have to go through two years of a significant cap hit if you buy him out, I believe the second and third year, the buyout would be like 4.6 um, against your cap. That's a lot. I mean, it's basically eating up whatever excess or growth in the cap that there is. So I think the buyout is, is an option that they don't want to do. Um, it's one that I think they would consider if everything else is off the table, but I think you can get creative and I think you can sit there and say, look, we will give them to you. We don't want a lot in return, and we'll eat some of the salary, uh, you know, just to kind of get yourself that space that you need. And it won't be for that's your compensation, the relief. You won't be get you won't be stuck with a four point six million dollar cap hit for two years. Um, I think that's I think that's still doable. I think it's harder now. It's harder now because of the issue, you know, with not the uncertainty of the cap and the public nature of the back and forth between torts and Hayes. And I think torts is trying to say, you guys are creating this. This doesn't really exist to try and make it that seem publicly that, Oh no, no, we're, we're okay. Still. I mean, we're, we're seeing eye to eye on this. We just, some things that have to be fixed, but at the same time, those of us inside, we know, we know that the two sides don't, don't get along. We know that they're, you know, he doesn't like playing for torts. Torts doesn't like having him in the lineup. And something's going to give at some point, whether it's at the deadline or not. I don't know. I think it's probably more likely that it's an off season kind of thing than it is at a deadline kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is still a possibility, depending on how things go here, January, February, for, for that to work out that the flyers can move him at the deadline. So I didn't hear you say anything about a path moving forward where they can go beyond this, this off season with them. <laughs> do I, I don't, I don't see it. Sailed? Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, it, Look, I mean, we we hear Torts say all the time, "I'm still trying to see who wants to, who's going to be here and who's not going to be here, who's going to be yep. part of this in the future and who's not." So when he keeps saying that, like, and, and then you identify the players that he criticizes, and he's not, he doesn't mind criticizing publicly, uh, repeatedly. Those are the guys that you assume probably are not going to be here for the long term. So you got to find a way out of it, right? I mean, so I, I I think that that means Kevin Hayes is not going to be part of it. 
Look, he stripped him of his of his letter to start the season. He's done nothing but criticize the guy, moved him out of his natural position, benched him for periods, healthy scratch, public back and forth between the two. I mean, it's pretty obvious that this is not a relationship that's that can that can exist beyond this year. I don't know how you bring it back. I don't see how you bring it back. I think that I think that the 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 options are trade it. If you can't trade it, then you buy it out. You don't bring it back. Yeah, I think the buyout option is it's not it's not a good one. Yeah, it's not. I mean, when you it's look not. at the structure of it, I mean, you're right. You go, okay, you're better off in one or the other retaining money. So you're retained. Say you retain three and a half million, right? Because you can yeah. retain up to half. You retain half of it. It's still less than the first two years of a buyout. Not to mention that if you buy them out, it elongates the hit against the cap. Correct. Correct. And, and, and like I said at the beginning, yes, eventually those other years on the buyout are are, are more much more of a negligible number. I mean, I, you know, as the cap is well, a lot of increase, it's bonus money. Yeah, and I think it ends up becoming like one point six against the cap mm-hmm. so if you go like even if they let's just say they don't go up next year but year after and year after and year after they do and you see it go up four to two each year by yeah. the time you get out to the you know 1.6 the cap is going to be you know eight million dollars higher than it is now so it's really not that not that big of a hurt of a hurt for the team at that point but you still don't want the 4.6 for two yeah. years that's that's crippling in a lot of ways so I I, oh, I don't yeah. I, I don't see I don't see how that's a desirable outcome in any way. Yeah, but I also magical. don't. Yeah, I don't think the coach. But the coach doesn't want the player back because he doesn't see that as taking a step forward. This is all about I mean, and the influence on younger players and the standard. Well, you look you you finally got the guy to sit, use the word rebuild. You know, so kudos to you. <laughs> I just Which, asked a question. Yeah, but you, know what, though, you know what, though, Jay? You've asked, I mean, you've had torts on several times. You you push the, the envelope long enough asking the same question, but maybe in a different way. Yeah. Eventually, the word's going to sneak out of their mouths, right? They they don't want to say it, but then they end up saying it because it's, you know, the brain and mouth don't always operate in unison with one another okay yeah so so <laughs> it sneaks out and and you got them to say it so they're in a rebuild okay great and if you're in a rebuild and you're setting this quote-unquote standard and look there's no question that there are things when you watch these games as bad as the team still is this is a more competitive team than it was a year ago and two years ago and two years they make mistakes and that are that are they make mistakes that you sit there and go, oh, that's a terrible mistake. You know, they still yeah. do those things, but they're still a more competitive team. They don't look like they're the walking dead on the ice. Yeah. So that and they don't is, die in the middle of games. Right. And, and and that, in a sense, is a is if nothing else is the first step of this growth process. Mm-hmm. The first step of the rebuild is identifying that, you know, here's what it feels like to lose, but we're never going to give in. Yeah. And remember you're gonna that you played us every time. Yeah, right. You're going to remember you played us. Yeah. And and so that's a thing. Like and I, and I think that that's a benefit by bringing a guy like Kevin Hayes back who doesn't necessarily in Torts's mind doesn't fit that culture is is a regressive step. So that's yeah. why I don't see him on the team next season regardless. I don't see there's a path forward. I think it's either you trade him or this year at the deadline or going into the offseason or if you can't get that done 
then come July 1, he's being bought out, or June 30th or June 29th, whatever, he's being bought yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, the question that I asked towards that he that he responded to that was, I asked him, I said, is, is there a difference between this year one and then prior year ones, like year one and 10? Because when you take over a team, most times you're not in a situation of Andrew Burnett taking over for Joel Quenville and a team that's a wagon on its way to a president's trophy. Right. Usually if, if there's a coaching change, the team is bad. So I asked him the difference between this year one and standard setting compared to it at previous stops. And he said, actually, there's been more losing here because I think they're bereft of more talent and coupled with injuries. And then, you know, and that's when he said, you know, we're in a rebuild here. And I mean, he's used the word footers and all that stuff before too. just never used the R word per right. se. Right. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a few other guys that he's not afraid to criticize publicly. You know, Frost came out after the game against Toronto, he goes back home, he scores the goal. And he said, it's the most comfortable he's ever felt at the, as an NHL player. And Torts did not like his game up until the end. Um, you know, there's going to be some tough love there because I think Torts is guarding against Ant, the player taking two steps forward and three to five steps backwards. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to guard against that happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that even more, and I wrote a story about this on Crossing Broad. I, I think that it was an even more telling scenario between uh, Torts and Morgan Frost was the game before that. Mm-hmm. Um, which was the home game against Columbus uh, last Tuesday. And after that game, Torts basically said he's going to be given every opportunity to show he belongs, and it's up to him now to prove whether he belongs here or not. And it's a Either basically so he, he doesn't belong. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. And he basically said it's a 50-game tryout. And that's yeah. what he – It's a, so he, he basically said it. So the first game after that, you know, Frost does score that goal, and I – um he was originally credited with an assist, I think, they, but then they pulled it away, rightfully so, uh, on the second goal. Um, and he uh, he come and after the game, like the first thing he's saying is like, "Yeah, I'm playing the best hockey I've ever played. I'm mm. feeling great." And then towards towards goes, he was brutal for 52 minutes. And he says, "Then we got a, you know we got getting time to play offense at the end." And yeah, he got a, he was able to get a goal, create created a couple chances. But I think that what Torts is basically saying there is the kid really shows up when the offense is needed yeah but when the offense isn't needed and you got to play the rest of the other parts of the team game that's where he's lacking yeah right i mean and that's and i think that that's what he wants he wants to see him play a harder game in his own end he wants to see him go um not be one of those players who kind of uh floats around the the outside when the puck's on the wall just kind of yeah, like the you perimeter know, the perimeter player, perimeter right? of the yeah. perimeter of the play player. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he wants yeah. you to go, fucking, go get in there. Go get in there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go get the puck. Whatever. Um, I do think that he gets a little uh, on on the power play. I think that he's struggled as well. Um, he's fine once they set up, but I think he, yeah, I think get, get, getting. I mean, he's a guy carrying the puck in a lot of the times, yeah. and they have trouble getting the puck. And you hear him say over repeatedly, towards this is. Um, that they're struggling to get set up on the power yeah. play, which well, is frustrating as hell. Yeah. And you know, that's frustrating. And if frost is the guy who's being relied on to carry that puck into the zone, well, then that's, that's, that's who he's talking about. He's not saying him by name, but we watch the game and we see it. So there are so many things that go into what makes a player play well and what makes a player not play well. And, you know, 
like I said, we a lot of times people just take the thousand foot view. We go, oh, you put two points up. Oh, you must have had a good game. Yeah, no. not necessarily. But then again, you might not put a put up a point. You might be a minus three and played a great frigging game. Yeah, right? you can be I more mean, consequential without scoring points than you can be sometimes with scoring. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so I mean, every game is different, and, and so you got to kind of take them individually and and you know uh, in a vacuum. So it's really kind of an interesting scenario, an, an interesting relationship, I think. There, and I think Morgan Frost, this is his crossroads, and that's what I wrote. Like he has to, he has to recognize that it's just not about oh, I'm scoring goals all of a sudden, or I'm oh, yeah. all of a sudden putting up points, because it's not just that. It's not they that won't fly. Unless you're a player who, and this is like he talked when he talked about TK, and I made this example too in the story. Torch was talking about TK. He's like, listen, you got to be careful with a guy like him. He's like, I don't want to overcoach him. I got to let him go sometimes. You know, talk yeah. about some things, hope he does it, but I got to let him go because that's what makes him such a good player, right? And if you, if you, if Morgan Frost eventually gets to that, then you're okay. You'd say, okay, fine. If you're going to be as, you know, 60 to 70 point guy, and you're going to make a couple of mistakes here and there, so be it. We live with those. But if you're not going to put up those 60, 70 points, you know, then you have to play. There's got to be something more to your game. Yeah, you're net negative. You won't be a net positive player because you right. can't outscore your mistakes. Yeah, so that's the thing, and that's what he's yeah. that's where he's trying to get him at. And I think this is it. I think this is. I think come April, we'll know will Morgan Frost be part of this team next year or not. And yeah. I think that I, I'm still leaning towards no. But he's got an opportunity. There's still a time. There's still time for him. There's a path. No there doubt. is a path. Well, I'll, I'll make a, one last comparison here before I know you want to go to the next topic. But if you go back, and, and we were, you know, we were all on top of the just how bad the whole Nolan Patrick situation was well before he ever got chipped out of town. But there was a time then where it was like, okay, this kid's just never going to, he's just never going to be it. Right. Yeah. And we knew. Belly. We knew. We knew right from the beginning. Um, Morgan Frost, we don't know that. That's the thing, and I think that yeah. it's, it's like we're we don't th- like we're just by watching him repeatedly, he's not showing it enough yet for us to say, yeah, this guy should be here long term. But there's enough there. The difference between him and 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 Patrick is there's enough there with Frost that you say I'm willing to see, and I'm willing, and I think he can get there. Yeah. I'm not convinced he can, but is it possible? Sure. So yeah. I think I think that's the difference between when you when you're looking at a young player, you know, if a kid's got some ability, and so I think Frost is one of those guys that they know has the ability and can get there. He just hasn't, and he hasn't embraced it yet. Well, I, th- I think we're all cognizant too that a lot of his key development was during a pandemic and he did have the shoulder injury. So yep. we don't discount that. Like that's right. not an excuse for him at this point. You can't use that as an excuse, but there is a path, but it depends on now. It depends solely on him and Correct. grabbing the path and, and taking it. And like the thing about Patrick, that's crazy is like he had all the skills, but he didn't have any of the belly. Right. I don't think the guy liked playing the game. I really don't. Yeah. I don't think he enjoyed it. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is crazy. Um, you mentioned TK. Uh, he gets a shorty in that last game against Carolina. So does uh, Scott Lawton. They they no business crawling back in that game. They're down 6-2. No. No. Right? You come back and you make it 6-5. Six, six, um, but TK and Lawton together on the PK is the first time they've had an offensive power play. I mean, I guess you had a little bit of that with Hayes in 19-20. Maybe you could add a little bit of that last year with Atkinson at points, but 
um, two guys together on a PK that can get up the ice and score for you. Who does it remind you of? Mike Richards. When was the last? Uh, yeah, it was when it was Richards and uh, and Gagne, right? Is that yeah. when they had together? Yep. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that it's I'm watching that, and I, and that's what I'm hearkening back to. And I'm not yeah. saying that these two guys are those two guys, but it was they had that same kind of ability where they're aggressive at the point. They're going to get in lane, knock down pucks, knock, and go knock the other down way. The pucks and go the other way, and, and yeah. they, you know, outskate you the other way. And they have some skill on on breakaways Finishing. or on, you know, to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so so yes, it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's good to have. It's a nice thing to have. Um, and it's funny to hear Tort say, "I can't believe he's never done this before." Yeah. <laughs> Not to criticize any former coaches. <laughs> well, Hack had him there for like a cup of coffee at one point, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember but that. that was it. Yeah, but it's like he's he's right. I mean, you know, it, being a shorthanded playing penalty kill, obviously, it takes a special kind of player to do it. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean it always has to be your defensive minded players. No, you can put offensive minded players on the penalty kill and have them be successful if they're willing to do a couple of different things, which TK and Lawton are obviously willing to do. They're obviously willing to block shots. They're willing to get in in lanes and have, you know, put their sticks in lanes and have a good stick, you know, um, to try and, you know, on put it on the puck. So, yeah, I mean, if they're willing to do those couple of things and they happen to be offensive players to boot, great. Put them out there and let's see if they can't generate chances the other way. It's the power kill, which uh, I think was yeah. the term that Toronto used last year. Yeah, you know, for sure. They were, they were looking to generate offense on their PK, Yeah, and they did. Um, you know, one of the byproducts of that game against Carolina, and he actually took the loss in the game, was Carter, because he gave up the sixth goal and they lost six to five. But you saw the play at where he took the head contact. And yep. I've talked about this quite a bit. The mask is not developed to take, you know, any kind of collision, especially in the side. The mask is built to absorb and disperse energy at a puck, like in your face. And then it's off your head on the sides and disperses the energy. He took that shot in the side of the head. Um, first of all, Ristolainen's got to be a lot more careful about pushing the player into the goaltender, number one. Right. But number two, it didn't look precautionary the way he came off the ice and the way he rebuckled into the net. Yeah, no. Um, I got to assume, uh, I, I haven't been told specifically, um, but I've heard some some whispering that it is a concussion. Um, and I can't imagine Carter's happy about how it happened. I think he's got to no. be probably a little, be a little bit disappointed in how it happened. Um who, who knows how what the level of the concussion is, right? And at this point in time, if you're the Flyers, holy shit. Like, if he has to miss any legitimate time, I mean, maybe he misses another game or two, fine, okay. You get through those. But if he has to miss, like, two to three weeks, yeah, it's going to be this. Oof. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be yeah. brutal to watch this, right? So um, The thing is, you know what the, the, the trickle-down effect of that is, Ant? Like, I asked Torts about this. You've been able to play meaningful hockey this year, a large part because your goalie keeps you in games to keep it meaningful. So yeah. you're not getting the doors blown off you. Correct, correct. And that's so that's the one thing I want to uh, that I want to look at in, in from the Carolina game. The thing that sticks out the most to me is, and I feel bad for Urson who gets thrown into a spot that that was tough. He should never have been thrown into, but he didn't have a choice. The team didn't have a choice, right? Um, so. You go into that situation and the poor kid gets lit up, but it goes to show that the team maybe not play, might not be playing as well defensively as a lot of people thought. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, you know, Torts always talks about limiting chances and getting it down to, you know, that 12 to 15 range is where you want to keep it per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been up in the 20s a lot of times. But then they did have a stretch where they got it down in that 12 to 15 range. And you kind of felt good about it. But Hart was also playing really well behind them. But it just goes to show how meaningful Hart has been to this team this year. Don't even look at the numbers because the numbers are irrelevant because of the the team that he plays on. I mean, a two eight nine and a nine eleven say they're they're actually good, right? I mean, I mean, really consider considering what the team is, but it shows that the team defense isn't as up cracked up as we thought it was, right? I mean, it's 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 not great. It's, it's still a long way to go. Yeah, it's it, there's more to it's you know, improved. <laughs> but it's not be- it's not great. Yes, and that's that's I think that's the thing, and I think we we maybe got a little wooed by it because of how well Carter's been playing. Yeah. And so you sit there and say, well, the goalie's been great, but at the same time you say, okay, well, the goalie's been great, but the, a lot of times a defense can make a goalie look good just like a goalie can make a defense look good. Oh my and God, it, yeah. it's turned out this time that it's more more often than not it's been the goalie making the defense look better. Uh, for this team, if he has to miss time and you're relying on Sandstrom and Urson over the course of the next several weeks, man, are we going to have a lot of long nights? Yeah. And yes, you're right. I mean, we didn't get to ask me this question, but we should never play at 1030. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Never. never. If I'm commissioner of the NHL, what ever? Like, I know that in San Jose that they generally do a 730 local time start. If an East Coast team is in town. The extra half hour is not necessary. You right. got to move that up to seven you, o'clock. You do. You do. Absolutely, hundred percent. I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't get it. Ten th- seven thirty. So seven thirty starts are better for getting butts in the seats for the beginning of the game. Yeah. But if there's anything that we know about hockey fans, and this isn't just Philadelphia, but hockey fans in general, they're going to come to if they're running late. They're still going to come to the game. It's not like they're going to sit there and go, "Oh man, I'm going to miss the first ten minutes of the game." Ah, forget. It. I'll stay home. No, they still use my tickets, right? Yeah. They're going to go. It's not like if you're a baseball fan and and you're like, you know what, I'm going to miss the first three innings. Ah, forget it. I won't go down. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, and that's not knocking baseball fans. I'm I'm a big baseball guy. People know that, but um, I I think that there's a hockey fans are a special breed in the sense that even if they're running late, they're going to show up. So yes, you're right. If you take it. Do the do a solid to the teams from the east, you know, and maybe maybe with the 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 uh, on the contrary, if you're an eastern team and a western team comes in, start at a half hour later. Start at yeah. a half hour later. Yeah, you know, reciprocate. Them, right, reciprocate for their fan base out there so that they can get home from work and watch the game. Yeah. I think it, I think that that's a fair thing that the NHL should really consider, and and it would help everybody because I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm sitting here watching on TV these games, and even the ten o'clocks. I mean, I'm getting old, but even the ten o'clocks, you know, I I, I make I make it to the end of the game, but then I get mad because I maybe I nod off during the post game show, trying to wait for the head coach to come on and hear what he has to say, and then I miss it. I'm like, ah, damn, I got to wake up in the morning and go find it and look for whatever. But the ten thirty start, man, that it's rough to get through that, especially overtime or shootouts. Like, oh my god, this is awful. It's just too late. It's too late. it's just too it's too much. It's yeah. too damn late. Like it's ridiculous. Like yeah. professional players shouldn't be on their body clock starting a game at 10 30 at night. Yeah. I mean, absurd. Yeah. No, you're right. doing that. You're yeah, right. This is not beer league. Enough. Hundred percent. 
and uh, people can get your stuff on crossingbroad.com, Snow the Goalie, and uh, Crossing Broadcast. When's the next Snow the Goalie? Uh, well, we this are re- well. Yes, we will have one this week, and we are recording uh, an interview tomorrow. I don't want to say exactly with which we get a player. Um, but I'm not saying exactly which one because he might have to back out and somebody else might have to pop in. So we'll wait and see on, on who that is. Mm-hmm. We got a player coming on tomorrow. Um, and uh, but I'm not certain if we're gonna put it out until uh Thursday. I think we're gonna try and put it out for the day the, the game day of the game because nice. of uh, uh schedules for people. So um, but yes, we will have one this week. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Uh check out Ann's stuff there, check him out on Twitter at Ansan Philly. Thanks, brother. Hey, Jay, anytime, my friend. There we go. Anthony Sanfilippo from CrossingBroad.com and uh, Snow the Goalie and uh, Crossing Broadcast. Thanks to him for joining us, and thanks to you for joining us as well. We'll be back Friday, uh, last show of the year. Uh, check out the Bet Parks app because there's a lot to get in on, a lot to wager on this time of year. You've got college bowls. You've got football. You've got college and pro hoops you've got hockey you've got world juniors you name it you got it and you can get your action on it at bet parks uh, with the app it's the greatest casino and sportsbook app you're going to find easy to sign up fun to use faster to win than ever before check it out come on same game parlays live in-game betting you name it you can do it player performances futures props teasers Oh, so many ways to get your action in. Download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we'll be back Friday. Last show of the year on a brand new Bet Parks Presents. Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody have a great day. (laughs) 